Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Please join us for this empowering podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, speaker, coach, and best-selling author, Tissa Richards. So exciting to be here, and this is one of my absolute favorite topics, the art of declaring yourself. I want to start with um, a couple of scenarios for you. So I want you to imagine that you are an award-winning CEO or founder. You've worked for some of the biggest brands in the world, but you are so overcome by self-doubt that you can't bring yourself to speak about those accomplishments. Imagine that you are so nervous speaking in front of people. So imagine being me up here today, or if you have to speak before hours of preparation, that you look for the nearest garbage can to throw up in. And if there's no garbage can, you use your purse. I didn't do that, but I'm just saying imagine. Imagine that you finally get your dream role in the C-suite. And when you get your first offer, it's less than 50% of what it should be based on market comps. You don't have to imagine those. That's all real. And they all happen to women that I've worked with. And the reason I tell you those stories is because they're so closely linked to my mission and what I'm going to talk about today. And that's creating a legion of leaders with an unshakable sense of self. That's how you identify the value you bring in any situation, how you connect your work directly with outcomes. It's how you internalize it so you leave no room for self-doubt. And then how you communicate that to the world with confidence, with verve, so that you can get anything you need professionally and personally. And that's what I want to cover today. So I want to start with a question. What do you bring to a meeting? And I mean that literally. What do you bring with you, either in person or virtually, so that you can be confident and successful? I'll tell you what I used to bring. I'm a repeat software founder and CEO, and I used to bring a lot of crap. A lot of crap. I would bring a, this is just a short list, I would bring a laptop, and in that laptop would be PowerPoints and things that I could show. I would bring an iPad so I could show demos of our product. I would bring notebooks so I could take notes, and I would always bring a business card to prove that I was the CEO and I deserved to sit at that table. And then one day I took a much-deserved day off, and I got a call. Hey, the customer we've been trying to meet with for like two years, they can meet today, of course. And I didn't have time to go get my success bag of crap. So I raced to the customer site, threw my keys on the table, and my brain went blank. I couldn't even remember the pitch that we used for our company. And ironically, it turned out to be the best meeting we had had in our company history. And I think it's because I showed up, opened the aperture, and didn't try to sell. I just listened. I just brought myself. And from that day forward, I didn't bring anything to a meeting, just me. So if you had a long list of things when I said to you, what do you bring, you're not alone. And if you've ever felt self-doubt, you're also not alone. 90% of leaders have experienced self-doubt on a regular basis. And that has real implications. If you can't answer the question, why you, no one 
is going to answer it for you. That's what we're going to figure out how to do today. So how are we going to do it? A really simple framework called the three eyes. I use this framework with the biggest companies in the world, the most successful executives and leaders in those companies. It's the backbone of my book, which is in the bookstore right out there. It's powerful and it's really simple. Those three eyes stand for identify, internalize, and inform. And I want to take you in the next 15 minutes through that and show you some really clear examples. So let's start. Identify. What's the most common question we get in business? Hey, tell me about yourself. It sounds so simple, right? We get it in interviews, we get it in meetings, we get it in situations like this where we're sitting across the table waiting for the speaker to start. We almost, without fail, misinterpret this question. We think people are saying, could you please tell me about your work? Could you tell me what you do and how you do it? And could you please do it in excruciating detail? <laughs> Not what people are asking. What are people really asking? They're saying, could you please tell me why you? So what? Why does what you do matter? How do you create outcomes? We're so busy focusing. You know what? I, can't, I don't know how to use these, apparently. There we go. We're so busy focusing on the what we do and the how we do it, we forget that the most important thing we can give to people is the so what. So let me give you a really clear, tangible example of this. I worked with Kathleen. She's the chief customer officer of a major public SaaS company, so an enterprise software company. And she used to tell people, my so what, my value proposition, is I delight customers. I have to tell you, even when my Botox is working great, I can squinch my face up really well and kind of go, Kathleen, here's the thing. Customer delight is not an outcome. It's not an outcome. It's a what, it's a how. It's in service to an outcome. What is that outcome? Why is it so important that customers are happy? And it may seem like a simple question, but I want you to follow what I did with Kathleen so you can do this for yourself. When customers are happy, they come back. They buy more, they renew their product or service or subscription that creates high margin, really efficient recurring revenue. Then as a company, we can redeploy that capital into things like innovation, new products, new features. Maybe we go after new markets, new customer segments, right? As a public company, that's great for our stock price, that's great for our valuation. As a private company or a startup, we can hit revenue or, or funding or growth milestones. So, Kathleen flipped the script. Now she has this powerful statement about herself where she connects what she does with the outcomes it creates. Now she says, I drive high margin recurring revenue for public software companies. I increase stock price and market valuation, and I do that by ensuring customer satisfaction. See what we did? We flipped the script. The how is the tiniest part, because frankly, no one cares. And we have directly put Kathleen on several public company boards with that power statement. So how do we do it? How do we identify? Ask yourself some reporter questions. Who, what, why, where, when, how? But in all cases, ask yourself, am I focusing on the what or the how, or is this a so what statement? If you have a toddler at home, you know how they say why, 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 until you maybe want to sell them. <laughs> Just ask yourself, so what, so what, so what, until there is no more so what. 
So let's go to the second I, internalize. I told you about Zinn, award-winning CEO and founder, amazing accomplishments. We were preparing for some really high-stakes interviews, and she pointed to something and said, Tissa, I am not comfortable saying this about myself. And my question back was, this is a really important and factual thing about you. What is it going to take for us to get comfortable talking about it? That's what I want to work on instead of removing it from your narrative. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else? I want to repeat that. If you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else? When you do believe in yourself, you show up differently. You have confidence, you have presence, you move through the world, your career, your reputation in a very different way. And that's why internalize is the second I. It's so important. So how do we do that? I want you to remember that your value is a fact. When we did the first I and we identified your value, we took it directly from your accomplishments. We didn't pull it out of thin air. And that's really important. And then we have to think about how you practice it. The more comfortable you get telling yourself about your value, the more comfortable you're going to be telling other people. This is how you control the narrative about yourself. I do entire keynotes and entire workshops on this topic, so I wish I had more than 60 seconds to cover this one, but I cannot tell you how important this is, other than to tell you it's really important. So please remember this. And this moves directly into, I think I pressed the wrong button, inform, the last I. It is your job to tell people about your value and why your work matters. So I want to take a, a poll here. So I actually need audience participation. I need, and it, it's not a lot. It just means you need to move one arm. How many of you have been told that you need an elevator pitch for your career? Put your, put your hand up really far, because I can't really see. OK, this is almost 100%. Keep your arms up for one second. It's not that hard. OK, so I really need to tell you it's almost always between 90 and 100%. And I'm very sorry to disappoint you. Terrible advice. <laughs> Absolutely the worst advice you could ever have. And here's why. We talked about the what and the how being absolutely useless to people. An elevator pitch has no so what in it. It is essentially the audible version of your resume. And how many of you walk around listening to people's resume on audible? I see no hands. I have never seen a hand go up in the hundreds and hundreds of keynotes that I've done. So what do I want you to do instead? Before I do that, let me just give you one more fact. Elevator pitches are dangerous, because not only do they not talk about the so what, they have what's called a high cognitive load. There's a tension science behind this. We get 11 million bits of information every second, but the executive center of our brain can only process 40. A good leader is a good communicator. It's your job to communicate effectively. It's not up to your listener. So I want you to make that 40 bits of information count. Make it memorable, make it relevant, make it declarative. So now, what do I want you to replace an elevator pitch with? Do you remember high school chemistry? I do, and I don't have fond memories, but that's a different topic. Catalysts are things that speed up reactions. 
the only reaction you're going to get from an elevator pitch is boredom. That's not what we're going for. I want you to create a catalyst statement that does three things. It controls how people understand you, remember you, and take action in response to you. This is three sentences maximum, 30 seconds maximum. An elevator pitch is usually 90 seconds, three minutes. I've clocked them in at five minutes. That's usually when I'm in the corner breaking out in hives after a keynote when people say, can I please pitch to you? Please don't. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. I'm known for X. I am looking to do X. Who do you know who I can help? And then you reciprocate. And a catalyst statement doesn't just tell people what you do, it tells them why what you do matters, what you want to do with that value, it anchors you in their minds, and it gives them a very tangible way to take action. This is what enables people to introduce you, to scale you across their networks, to speak about you in rooms that you are not in. I guarantee if you give somebody a three-minute elevator pitch, they're looking for the exit, they're looking for the drinks table, they're looking for someone they know, and they will never say your name again. I know this works. I work with Giselle, the CEO of a multi-billion dollar healthcare system. She was invited to a private equity event where everyone had three minutes to do an elevator pitch. And she asked for my help and I said, only if you do it in 30 seconds. She was a little mad at me, but I'm used to that. And she did it. And afterwards, almost every single person came up to thank her for being brief and memorable. And I want you to think about the power of words as well. What is a pitch? It's a sell. We don't have to sell ourselves. You never have to sell yourself. A catalyst statement, a way of talking about yourself declaratively, we're moving from selling to declaring. Words have so much power. I never want to see another resume that says I'm a senior leader passionate about success. Please, if you have it on your resume, remove it as soon as you leave here today. It says nothing. Use power words. I'm known for. I bring the greatest value when. Front load with your so what. Reduce cognitive load and get straight to the point. Let's talk about the benefits, quantitative and qualitative. Remember Mira. Her original offer for her first C-suite role was 50% of what it should be on the market. And she said, maybe I'll just take it. I don't want this to go away. But I reminded her that we had done this three eyes work, so she went back and calmly negotiated, and we got her to two and a half times the market rate. So from a quantitative perspective, when you know the value you bring, you internalize it, and you know how to talk about it, you will make more. You will accelerate your career. You'll be comfortable negotiating. You'll be comfortable at any table. On a qualitative perspective, remember Mary. She went through a lot of garbage cans and started buying purses in bulk from Target because she was so afraid to speak. We did this three eyes work and I got a beautiful picture of a designer bag because she was done throwing up. There are other qualitative benefits. That sense of self. You will now control how people understand you, how they remember you, what you want them to do with every interaction. I love the word swagger. It's not the same as arrogance, but it's presence. 
It's what you want to do with your career. I see it every single day. I just challenge you to try this. Just try shifting how you speak about yourself. So I want to go back to that question I asked you at the beginning. What will you bring to a meeting? I stopped bringing anything. I don't even have business cards. I don't need business cards. We have LinkedIn. People can find you. You don't have to prove to anybody who you are. I want you to show up, throw your keys on the table, talk about yourself declaratively. Everything else that you need is already right inside of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. For more information about the Chamber and our podcast, please visit us at ghwcc.org.